Hello there! I am André Fernandes in Help City, Socorro, São Paulo. You are listening to the English Sabbath School podcast, Information and Transformation. Hello, hello, dear friends. I'm Mosena for the English Sabbath School podcast. Lesson three for Friday. I said Friday. T-G-I-F. T-G-I-F. January 19th. If it is Friday, you know the title. Say it with me. One, two, three. Further thought, 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 thought. That's right, yes. So this week we've been studying about how the Lord reigns. His power to create, His power to be our king and ruler, and His power to be our his, our judge, and His law, His justice is mi mixed with love and mercy poured towards us. But His word shall never fail. It's as firm as the deepest rocks of the universe. But here we are invited to read Psalm 86. But first, let us pray. Oh, Father, thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We've studied about this word, Father, and many times we don't understand everything that is there for us. How can we comprehend uh, God's infinite power, infinite love, but we can feel your presence with us through your spirit. Guide us as we study your word. May we be blessed and be a blessing to others as also we study your word and prepare for the Sabbath. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So we're invited to open our box. Come, come on, Marquinhos, don't be, don't be lazy, I'm telling you. Open your Bibles to Psalm 86, verse 5, and then verse 15. I'm going to be reading from the NIV, the New International Version, but please feel free to use any translation that you prefer. Psalm 86, verse 5. You, Lord, are forgiven and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. And Psalm 86, 15. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Amen and amen. Also, are invited to read Ellen G. White's God's Love for Man, pages 9 through 15, from the wonderful bestseller, Steps to Christ. The question is, how does the truth that God is love help us better understand the various descriptions of God and his deeds in the Psalms? Interesting question. This week's study focuses on some key descriptions of God and his activities, which establish the world and render it firm and secure. Opening a parenthesis here, remember the psalmists, they were never questioning the existence of God. Uh, they were just taking it for granted that God exists and God is the creator. God is the ruler. God is the sovereign king. So the psalmist, appeal, uh, the psalmist appeals to, to God and... Um, who is the creator, the king, the judge, the covenantal savior and lawgiver. The roles in the world that God occupies are further reflected in God's various others name, other names and titles. Uh, so what are all the titles and, uh, that God has in the Psalms? Very good, Sidinha. He, he's a shepherd, Psalm 23, Psalm 80, rock of our salvation, Psalm 95, Father, Psalm 68, Psalm 89. In the world, we can be secure and safe, even amid the turmoil of the great controversy 
which we're going to be studying next quarter. I'm not looking that forward to it. But anyway, I'm enjoying very much the study of the Psalms. So the lesson continues. Because God is sovereign and faithful in all he does and says. Although these theological themes are by no means exhaustive. No, 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 no. They are suggestive of the various ways in which God reveals himself in the Psalms. Rock of salvation, father, shepherd, king. As we continue to study the Psalms, it is important to remember to read the Psalms in the light of God's character of love and grace and his plan to save and restore the world. And in White wrote the following, Steps to Christ, page 15, quote, The more we study the divine character in the light of the cross, the more we see mercy, tenderness, and forgiveness blended with equity and justice, and the more clearly we discern innumerable evidences of a love that is infinite and a tender pity surpassing a mother's yearning sympathy for her wayward child." Unquote. In the Psalms, even when the people face God's judgment for their rebellion, they continue to call upon the Lord. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. I will call upon the Lord. That's it, because they know that God's anger is only for a time, but his mercy is everlasting. Oh, Father, such love. Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Beautiful, isn't it? I will call upon the Lord. Discussion questions. Why is understanding the reality and prevalence of the great controversy crucial in helping us understand that despite God's ultimate rulership and sovereignty, there is still much turmoil and suffering in our world? Why is the great controversy motive so helpful to us? Next question. How should the belief in God as creator shape our understanding of ourselves and our relationship with the rest of creation? What happens when the people stray from that truth? Oh, mercy, Father. So let us find the answer here. Psalm 106, verses 35 through 42. Psalm 106, 35 through 42. I'm going to be reading from the NIV, the New International Version. But please, feel free to use any translation that you prefer. Right, Elias? But they mingled with the nations and adopt their customs. They worshiped their idols, which became a snare to them. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to false gods. They shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan. And the land was desecrated by their blood. Mercy, Father. They defiled themselves by what they did. By their deeds, they prostituted themselves. Therefore, the Lord was angry with his people and abhorred his inheritance. He gave them into the hands of the nations and their foes ruled over them. Their enemies oppress them and subject them to their power. So let us take, see, take a look at Psalm 106 to see uh, if there is any credit to the authorship here of, of this psalm. So let us take a look here. Psalm 106, it doesn't have any credit. At least I can't find here on the page of the Bible. Um, interesting. No credits here. So let us consider it anonymous. And the other uh, question is, what was wrong with the idols of the nations in biblical times? <laughs> Can I start listing them? 
What about modern idols? Uh-oh. Why are they just as dangerous to our walk with the Lord? Yes. So 115. So let us go there to Psalm 115. Open our Bibles. Come on. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. 115 verses 4 through 8. But their idols are silver and gold, made by human hands. They have mouths, but cannot speak. Eyes, but cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear. Noses, but cannot smell. They have hands, but cannot feel. Feet, but cannot walk. Nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. Oh, Lord. Yes, what's the problem with these idols? And um, let me open a parenthesis here. Um, since uh, my wife and I moved to the countryside from a big city, we used to live in Sao Paulo. Now we live in a mid-sized town, 60,000 people living here uh, only, from 12 million in the city to oh, 60,000. Uh, and we notice how much of the materialism that we have in the big city uh, surrounding us and and it drags us in it really gets inside us we want more and more we want the latest gadget we want the latest restaurant we want the latest kind of food item or whatever and living in the countryside now we don't have direct access to that okay we can mail order things but it is not the same and we we not even we, we there are car models that we haven't seen in our town and uh, sometimes when I drive to Sao Paulo I see some cars say wow they hadn't seen this car before and it's because we are kind of sheltered moderately sheltered from these idols modern idols but of course we have to be holding on to the Lord because we, no matter where we are living we are subject to falling prey to the to greed to vain ambition etc so well, that's my comment here. But the final question is, how should God's people live knowing that God's judgment begins with his people? Oh, Father, because we have had greater light, right? How does God judge his people and to what end? What is the objective? How does God judge us and what purpose for that? Very interesting lesson for today. So because we studied about the Lord reigns and he's the righteous judge. So, let us come to our own conclusions. Well, this is Lesson 3 for Friday, January 19th. For more information, please get in touch with us on Facebook, Telegram, Instagram, WhatsApp. There are so many ways that you can reach out to us. Once again, thank you very much for taking the time to answer our survey, our uh, survey monkey poll, because it gives an idea about who is listening to our podcast and what you think about it and how you can improve it. And thank you so much once again. Well, my friends, remind, reminding you that tomorrow is the Sabbath day. Today is the day of preparation, but we should be preparing for the Sabbath on Sunday. We start preparing, thinking about what we're going to be doing on the Sabbath, where we're going to be going, what food are we going to prepare, the clothes we're going to be wearing, so we can enjoy to the fullest the meaning of rejoicing and resting the Lord. Go to a local church, large or small, if you can. Of course, there are some people that have limitations. It's just like when we are having, for example, a video conference on Zoom or any other of these uh, 
video platforms. And um, the other day I was teaching a lesson, a Sabbath school lesson on Zoom, and there were about 25 people in the session. And I could see four people. The rest, I just saw black screens with their names on. And come on, we want to see your faces. And nothing better than being face-to-face -face in person. So try to go to local church. Be blessed and be a blessing. See you tomorrow. Enjoy your Sabbath. Have a wonderful day of preparation. Bye-bye.